You're listening to the Sunday Messages podcast brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You look wonderful in your Christmas attire. If uh, you are here with friends, family, I want to welcome you to Cypress Creek Church. My name is Jose. I have the honor of serving as a lead pastor. And we, Cypress Creek Church, are a group of imperfect people who are all on a journey to follow the only perfect Savior who we celebrate this evening, and that is Jesus. And I hope that you feel welcome wherever you are in your faith journey. I hope you enjoy the hot chocolate. I hope you enjoy the conversation cards on your way home. We are here to celebrate the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, Jesus, who came to lay in a pretty ordinary, insignificant manger, which signifies the depth of the truth of the gospel that God is. Emmanuel, he is God with us. Now, don't feel bad if you don't have the manger as part of your Christmas decoration repertoire, okay? But I just think that it is one of the most significant symbols for Christmas. This evening, however, I want to talk about a very unexpected, maybe not thought about Christmas decoration that I know you have. In fact, you're going to be sitting around this Christmas symbol with very interesting people, mainly your family, here in the next few days. You may have already shared some. I'm talking about the table. See, Jesus laid on a manger as a baby, and then he he grew up, and this evening, I'm going to fast forward and read from some verses in Luke chapter 14, where we see Jesus sitting with everyday ordinary people like you and me. Jesus came to sit with fishermen. Jesus came to sit with tax collectors who weren't very like. Jesus came to also sit with the VIPs, the rulers of the day, religious and the secular. Jesus also sat with children. And Jesus sat with those that needed healing and the broken. Jesus came to sit with us in this Christmas season. I have been contemplating the beautiful truth that Jesus invites us to sit with him at a table. I don't know what your Christmas looks like. You may be so happy with everything going on, or you may be you may not be you you may just be ready to get on out and get this holiday season over so that you can go back to your everyday lives. I hope we can pause for a minute, open up God's word, and wherever we are, whether we don't follow Jesus, we did follow Jesus no longer or we are following Jesus. I hope we can take some truths that come when we sit with Jesus. Our Christmas tables may look Funky, but here's what I know. There's no such thing as a perfect family. So we can all sigh a deep breath, okay? Because we'll be sitting with some interesting people. Jesus came to sit with some interesting people. Maybe your Christmas table looked somewhat like this. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, Oh, great. What, dear? 
Grace! Grace, she passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say Grace. The blessing. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 You gotta love the patriotism in the Christmas season. Interesting people that Jesus sits with us. We find this scene in Luke chapter 14 where Jesus is being invited actually to the group of people called the Pharisees. They were the religious rulers of the day and they thought they were very important. Sometimes we sit at the table with people that think that they are really, imp that they are really important and the fun thing is that Jesus is actually through this invitation that he has received also giving an invitation to sit with him in Luke chapter 14, verse 1, we read that one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Maybe this Christmas, you got that invite to that VIP experience at work because you had a great uh, year, or, or maybe you finally got in, you entered into that social strata with those people, whatever it may be. It always feels good to be in the in crowd, right? And so the Pharisees thought, we're letting Jesus in. I'll never forget, it was 2010. I was sitting in San Marvelous. I was in college. It was an awesome summer, as it always is in San Marcos. And I received an unexpected invitation, an invitation that I didn't deserve. A few weeks later, my brother and I are on a plane ready to experience the greatest sporting event on planet Earth. Yes, I'm talking about the FIFA World Cup. We went, and it was fun. And long story short, we found ourselves in the VIP section of a match between England and Algeria. I'm not making this up. I have a picture. Here's my brother and I. Long time ago, I had more hair back then. Those were good days. And we are the only people in the VIP section that are wearing jerseys. Everybody else was suited up, at least a three-piece suit with the emblem. It was very intimidating. But we sat at the table there in the VIP section because it was all-you-can-eat food. So we were trying to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner all in one. And I got a tap on my shoulder, and it was a guy in a suit, and he said something like, excuse me, do you know if the president of the football federation will be here? And I looked up at him, and I said, no, I'm wearing a jersey. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm still trying to figure out how this all came about. Long story short, uh, we went out and realized who he was talking about when we saw the red carpet out and the ropes around. There were some very important people sitting four rows above us here. They are. That's Prince William and Harry. And William is looking at me taking the picture. Harry's probably telling him, like, who is this guy over here? Paparazzi. Who let these guys in? We had no place to, we, we, we had no business being there, but it was a fun experience. Here's why I share that story with you. 
Because outside of this being a cool, probably the best story topper anecdote that I can share around the fire, there was no benefit from me being in the presence of royalty, being in a VIP room. I didn't get invited to the VVIP room that they were sitting at. I didn't get invited to either of their weddings. I didn't even get invited to their dad's coronation this last year. Zip. No benefit being in the presence of royalty. Do you know where I'm going? Jesus has invited us to sit at the table with him. The king of kings and lord of lords says, sit with me. And when we do, there are four benefits in this passage that I want to share with you. Maybe one is for you or two or three or all four. But wherever you are in your faith journey, I hope that you take one of these with you, that you take the time to sit with Jesus, because when we do, we are incredibly blessed. Revelation 19, 17, at the end, last book of the Bible, we hear about this great banquet where all who call upon the name of Jesus will be around. It says, come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. When we receive his invitation to sit at his table, he prepares everything for us. Here's the first benefit that we have when we sit with Jesus. That's hope. Can we say that together? Hope. Some of us are looking back at 2023 and it is everything but hope. You may be thinking of the amount of time that you spent in the hospital, or the bad news that you received, or the financial situation that you find yourself in. And you may be feeling the opposite of hope. You may be feeling hopeless and in despair and in desperation. The beautiful thing about Christmas is that Jesus came to give us hope. And if you don't have hope right now, the beautiful thing is that hope can be borrowed so you can surround yourself with people that do have hope. I'm talking about people of faith. See, Hebrews 11 verse 1 defines faith like this. The reality of faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And what that means is that when we go through a negative circumstance, when we're dealing with that sickness or illness or diagnosis or that financial situation, when we have faith, we can have hope because Jesus invites us to sit at his table, we know that we can pray to God and ask for healing and uh, uh, redemption and restoration. We can receive that healing right there because he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals anybody. He can heal us when we ask. And even if we don't experience healing this side of heaven, we experience healing when we cross over and sit at the great banquet of Jesus for eternity. Do you need hope? Again, you can borrow that when you surround yourself with people who have 
hope. This morning I got a text from a friend. Many of you know Tom and Delane. Delane is in the middle of chemo treatment. She is um, doing amazing, and uh, she has shared how hopeful it has been to hear of the many support, that there's so much support that her community group has brought her. In fact, this was just yesterday. The community group showed up to go caroling. I didn't get a report on how in tune they were, but I do know that it blessed them tremendously. And that is what we do when we go through hard times. We hold on to one another and we share and borrow hope as needed. No matter what we have, uh, the circumstance we may be facing, let's sit with Jesus and receive the gift of hope. Here's the second benefit in gifts. That's joy. Can we say that together? Joy to the world. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's somebody in your family that they just spent all Christmas singing and skipping and singing fa la 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 la. If that's you, keep it up. If they ask you to stop, maybe consider stopping for a bit and then continue fa la 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 over the hill as, as, as you go. You may have joy. You may need joy. Jesus invites us to sit at his table and he gives us his joy. Here's the thing. We're all pursuing some sort of joy. Even if we're not following Jesus, we're all looking for purpose and we're looking to be fulfilled and satisfied. Jesus knows this. He sees these Pharisees after he heals this man and gives him hope. In uh, verse four, it says, so taking hold of the man, he heals a man with an inflammatory disease, and then he sends him on his way. And then he sees that these Pharisees are sitting in places of honor at the head of the table. Little do they know that they're going to get the bill too. And what Jesus is saying is don't sit in the place of honor. Sit at the kid's table and wait to be promoted. Otherwise, if you sit at the place of honor, you run the risk of somebody else more important than you showing up, and then you'll be humiliated and end up at the kid's table. And here's what he says in verse 11. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Why are they sitting in the places of honor? I think it's because they have a longing for joy, a longing for satisfaction and purpose, just like all of us are. And the truth is, is that we can have temporary joy in the things of this world with money and with the stuff and success that this world can give us. But it is fleeting. It will not last. If you are looking for a source of eternal joy, believe David when he says this in Psalm 16, you, God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Maybe for you this Christmas, sitting with Jesus looks like opening up the Psalms in reading about how every human emotion, the spectrum of the human experience is written right here. Maybe it's a chapter a day that you devote to reading and you sense that the joy of the Lord is truly our strength when we sit with him and listen to what he has to say about our life versus what everybody else and their aunt and grandma and dog say about this 
life. Let's sit with Jesus and receive the gift of joy. Here is the third. We sit with Jesus and receive the gift of hope. We receive the gift of joy. And then there is love. Can we say that together? Love. And I'm not talking about the Hallmark movie Love, where everybody knows the ending. They all end the same. And yet somehow we're hooked to the screen and wondering, are they going to end up together? The answer is yes. Every single time that love is good, but there is an even greater love. Jesus is speaking to the, uh, the, the, the crowd and he says to the host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. You will be repaid when you are sitting at the great banquet with the Lord in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying model godly love. Model agape love, which is unconditional. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. It is free. Do not expect anything in return. Just give it away. And maybe that's the type of love that you need to receive as you sit with Jesus this season because perhaps you're feeling lonely. Perhaps you're feeling like no one sees you. Perhaps you're dealing with rejection like my buddy here is. So where were you for the last 30 years? The North Pole. Can you pass some maple syrup, please? I, I didn't put... It's spaghetti. You know what? I think I have something. Yes. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar in syrup? Yes. Then yes! We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, syrup. So, will you be staying with us then? You mean I can stay? Of course you can. Emily. How, how long do you think you'll be with us? I, I hadn't really planned it out, but I was thinking like forever. Emily. <laughs> we all long for a forever home. We all long to be loved and accepted no matter how quirky we may be. God's love is that. It is free, and when we receive it, it changes us forever. We cannot stay the same. We cannot act the same because we have received a gift that we didn't pay for. It was paid for by Jesus, who then went to the cross and died for our sins so that we can be forgiven, and then he didn't stay in that grave. He rose again, promising us everlasting life. That is the gospel 
message, the God who sent his only son, John 3, 16, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but inherit eternal life. God, verse 17, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, which is the opposite of love. He came into the world to save us so that we didn't have to pay for our sins. He did it. What does it look like for us to just sit and receive? It is hard to receive a gift that we didn't work for, but that is how scandalous the grace of Jesus is, which leads to the fourth and last benefit and gift, and that is peace. Can we say that together? Peace. Come, for everything is now ready. He, Jesus is sharing a story of a table, a banquet that he is preparing, and he sends out the RSVP invites, and there are three excuses that people reply to, and they say, no, I will not sit with you, Jesus, and it is the same distractions that we deal with. The first is our possessions. There are these ox that he needs, this man needs to go tend to, and so he goes and tends to the ox. The second says, hey, I just bought a new piece of property. I need to go tent to that. I don't have time for you to attend the banquet. And the third is family celebrating a marriage and says, hey, I just got married. I can't go to the banquet. Those things, when we run after possessions and when we try to get our house in order and when we try to do family by our own strength, we do not get peace. We get chaos every time. But when we trust and when we sit with Jesus, He gives us his peace. He's saying everything is now ready for you. We already read it. Well, let's read it again. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us, a child is born and to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders, meaning he's got everything under control and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And let's say all this together, the prince of Peace. What does it look like this Christmas for us to sit with Jesus? Maybe the gift, the benefit that you need to receive is hope. Maybe it is joy. Maybe it is love or maybe it is peace or all four. But let's take time to be still in the hustle of everything going on. Let us not miss the holy night the holy anointed one who became flesh and made his presence known to us. One of my favorites, Mr. Rogers said this, I don't think we give silence as a gift anymore. I'm very concerned that our society is much more interested in information rather than wonder, in noise rather than silence. Oh my, this is a noisy world. Real revelation comes through silence. What would it look like to be silent before God when we wake up tomorrow morning, when we go to bed tonight, as we continue to celebrate that the Savior came and contemplate the gift of Christmas? We're going to close by singing Silent Night. And so if you can, and if you're willing... Stand and let's pray as we close. We thank you, Jesus, that you, the light of the world, came to a world full of darkness, that your word says that the darkness cannot 
overcome it. We thank you that you reign victorious right now, that you did not stay a baby, you did not stay on the cross. You are more alive than you've ever been. Your presence is here with us in this room. And Lord, I pray a blessing over every family and circumstance. May you meet them right where they are. And I also wanna give an invitation. If anyone has yet to say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior here in this place and you feel compelled to do so, Romans 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, that we will be saved. It is not by anything that we can do, but it's by faith in Jesus that we are saved. And so I wanna encourage you right where you are, that is you. You're ready to give your life to Jesus. You can say it under your breath and repeat these words after me and say, Jesus, this Christmas, I give my life to you because you gave your life for me. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for the promise of everlasting life. I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate the light of the world. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Messages podcast. You can dive deeper into the messages weekly by subscribing to the Conversations podcast, where we dig into the previous Sunday's message, unpacking how we can apply it further in our daily lives. See you again next week.